0: Hello and welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep together in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. I'm Ben, uh, one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I am joined by my colleague, Ben, ben Sullivan, pastor at, at Hope. Uh, ben, welcome. Thank
1: you, thank you. Another day, another podcast.
0: Let's go. Another day, another podcast. This is a special podcast because we uh, looked at the psalms this summer, and this is our last psalm. It's not the last psalm, the one that we're going to do. We already did the last psalm in a different podcast. That was Psalm 150. You can go back and and listen to that if you haven't yet. But we are going to do uh, look at Psalm 72. And so this is kind of a bonus episode. We've already started moving through the the whole narrative of scripture for the fall, and we're going to do that into the spring. But this is, we wanted to close out the Psalms with just one more to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, not goodbye, but to see you again soon, because the Psalms should be part of our lives maybe daily uh, or pretty often, right? So we're going to look at at Psalm 72. It kind of talks about kings and leaders. Ben, I'm wondering, when you were a kid, did you ever want to be a king or a president or in charge of a lot of people?
1: Well, you know, as kids, you kind of Try to. You have a very creative mind, and so at at the house you play house. Uh, mm-hmm. You might play king of the hill or something like that. So yeah. so you build a castle out of pillows in your basement, and you get the Burger King crown that you can put on your yeah. head. Yeah. Uh, you get a, the nearest blanket to be the the um, you know the cape that you got behind, and all the different things. So totally, there's that imagination of wanting to be king and play king and all those things, or you know a lot of kids just have ambitions when you ask them what they want to do they have they just think so big so i probably wanted to be president until i <laughs> looked at the world around me and i'm like man eh, maybe this is not maybe this is not the one the president seems like a hard job why, so why do you, i think that's
0: true like as kids we want to be in charge or we want to be the powerful
1: one why is that cuz those are the ones that attract the most attention
0: yeah, maybe that's true, yeah.
1: I don't think there's any child that wants to be a financial advisor, necessarily, <laughs> or like, hey, I want to do taxes when I grow up, you know, yeah. I want to be the best tax guy. Yeah, and then you realize the world needs that. That's true. Yeah,
0: and maybe, yeah.
1: I appreciate my tax guy.
0: Yeah, that's that's totally Taking true. I don't out. think I ever wanted to be, I just wanted to be a cowboy. That's all I wanted when I was a kid. I didn't want to be king. Just a cowboy. never. Got
1: to be. Never. But you do wear boots. You're wearing them right now, so yeah,
0: these are boots, I suppose.
1: So maybe that's kind of like your side gig. Yeah, I'm living in out my dream just <laughs> quietly.
0: Yeah, when I'm in my car, I pretend it's a horse. Um, <laughs> so Psalm 72. Psalm 72 is where we're at today, and we are going to read that from the NIV in just a moment. Hopefully folks can follow along with whatever translation. I think it's interesting actually when we read from different translations or when you hear someone reading from a different one than you're looking on with because words pop in different ways, but we're going to read this and then ben, I'm going to ask you what are some of the things, phrases, words that stand out to you? What are, what are, uh, what are some of the questions that come up and we'll talk about this Solomon and, mm-hmm. and, uh, hopefully discover some interesting things. I'm excited. I imagine we will. So, Psalm 72, we begin. Endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. He will judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. The mountains will bring prosperity to the people, the hills the fruit of righteousness. He will defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy, he will crush the oppressor. He will endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon, through all the generations. He will be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers watering the earth. In his days, the righteous will flourish. Prosperity will abound till the moon is no more. He will rule from sea to sea from the river to the ends of the earth. The desert tribes will bow before him. His enemies will lick the dust. The king of Tarshish and of distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba and Seba will present him gifts. All kings will bow down to him, and all nations will serve him. For he will deliver the needy who cry out. The afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold from Sheba be given to him. May people ever pray for him and bless him all day long. Let grain abound throughout the land. On the tops of the hills may it sway. Let its fruit flourish like Lebanon. Let it thrive like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. All the nations will be blessed through him, and they will call him blessed. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. This concludes the prayers of David, son of Jesse. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Mm -hmm. So, Ben, when you hear that, when you read that psalm, what words stick out to you? What questions come up in your mind?
1: Well, what comes to mind initially, especially uh to give a little context, you know, when I chose this psalm, uh for many of us, this may seem like an odd psalm, uh, maybe an unfamiliar psalm mm-hmm. and it was for me as well. um you know, the reason why I decided to do this one was because. Uh, the the summer has been you know a uh, focus on all of our favorite psalms are ones that many of us have heard over and over mm-hmm. or he- heard at least sporadically yep um, and so to be honest, I opened up the Bible and went to the book of Psalms and took my finger and chose a random one hmm. and said, hey, let's do this one almost in an effort to say, hey, you know what let's see what this what would happen with our Podcast in our conversation. If we just didn't choose the ones that were familiar, the ones that were our favorites, the quote unquote easy ones, so to say, mm-hmm. let's choose one that maybe we don't understand, one that maybe is not the the one that gets all the attention all the time. So, so to be honest, when I you know I'm looking at this, um, there's a lot of question because I have not heard this one at least recently. Mm-hmm. That's not one that if I, you know, Jay and I read was were reading the Psalms a couple of years back too, Mm -hmm. um, but it's not one that I was like, oh yeah, we gotta remember Psalm seventy two. I think we just kind of probably breezed by this one. Mm. Um, So that that was something you know where initially on surface it didn't stand out, and yet when I look at it, there's a a lot of things that stick out here. Um, You know, they're like you said, they're talking about kings, they're talking about people in some sort of authority mm-hmm. and it appears to be a prayer for, you know, whoever's in authority going to be in authority. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just something that I, I noticed. And then, uh, you know, the question is, uh, mainly just the context, you know, who is this talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are there, is there a particular King in that time where they're referencing, um, you know, for for me, honestly, when I'm reading a lot of the lines, a lot of them just without the context seem more confusing. Yep. And yet, um, as we spend time with it, hopefully, maybe not every single line, not every single verse, but hopefully the chapter as a whole um, will start to make more sense and come together. That's, that's my hope.
0: There seems to be some themes that rise to the surface. You know, we see the word justice a lot. We see mm-hmm. the word righteous a lot. In this psalm, we we see um, talk about the needy, the poor, the afflicted. Um, so there's something going on with all that. The other thing, there's a lot of names of places in here. Yeah, um, places that probably most of us aren't familiar with. So that you know, when I see that, it's kind of a clue to me, like, okay, what's going on here? What what when they talk about? Um, Tarshish.
1: Sheba. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When they talk, what, so what, what does that mean? What, what, what's going on Mm -hmm. with that as a, you know, maybe that's a clue for me to say, Hey, maybe I need to go look those up or figure out what's going on there.
1: Um, yep, totally. And that's what we were even doing before we started looking at, you know, started the podcast as we were looking up some of these places. Yeah. You
0: ask your questions and then you start to track down some answers. Mm You might not get them all, but so, so, yeah, what is going on here? What What is what is the theme of this psalm, or what what's happening yeah. as we unpack these lines?
1: Well, I know a couple podcasts back when you and I had met, we kind of, I um, can't remember what you had mentioned, what the name was, but uh, there's, the book of Psalms is made up of five books, mm-hmm. right? And uh, in choosing Psalm 72 randomly, that was the end of book two. Mm-hmm. And you usually can tell the end, as we talked about, is it, it kind of gives a ending of praise, mm-hmm. um, you know. Here, eighteen and nineteen, praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to His glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. Mm-hmm. Very much just closing out it, you know. A, one book here. And yeah. Then... So a close to this psalm, but also to
0: the whole book of.
1: Yeah, and then the leading into the next one. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, one thing I noticed was, hey, here's the end of almost like a a, ch- a chapter and a beginning of a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I noticed is uh, this particular uh, psalm, and I think it points to a greater theme of psalms, is it's uh, a prayer. Mm-hmm. Verse 20, you know, this concludes the prayers of David, son of Jesse, and so I think what that reminds us is that the psalms are not just uh, books to be read, uh, but they're to be prayed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's an encouragement for me because I don't always pray the psalms. But I think, you know, we had talked about, you know, in an earlier podcast, too, that couple that would read the psalm every day of their marriage. They would read a new psalm
0: yep. for
1: like 30 years. Yep. Um, that's a prayer every single day. And I think there's value there because oftentimes, you know, we wonder— I do middle school ministry at the church, and we often wonder, you know, how do we pray? And, you know, simple answer that, you know, I've given in the past is, well, it's just like having a conversation with God, you know, just like we have a conversation. You can talk to him in that same way, Uh, which is helpful for some, you know, still kind of confusing for others. The nice part about Psalms is it's a pre-written prayer for Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And you may not always know what it means, but you can pray it, And then as you pray it, start to dissect it and go, all right, what what exactly am I praying? Um, What are the connections I'm making here? And allow God to almost like direct your prayer um, and connect it to your own life uh, as as you look at that too. So there's a very practical uh, use for the Psalms,
0: which is that prayer gives us words when we don't have words. And it actually has us, if we are to pray the Psalms we're going to end up praying for things that we might not have even
1: thought about praying. That's the beautiful part, because he's the one who guides us, you know. Um, I uh, a couple years back, was having a conversation with someone, and we talked about how Martin Luther, uh, not Martin Luther King, uh, but Martin Luther, uh, who, you know, reformed the church. Uh, that's where we get our Lutheran tradition as we follow a lot of his teaching of according to what scripture was. Uh, he would often spend up to four hours a day in prayer. Mm. It's prayer and confession. And I just can't, so much of my brain can't fathom that. You know, sometimes even coming up with a 30 to 60 second prayer is, you know, you try to think of, you know, what do you pray about? And I think for him, a lot of his prayer was not just, you know, free spoken prayer where it just, you know, coming up on his mind. I'm sure there was a lot of that, but I'm sure most of his prayer, a good chunk of his prayer was praying scripture, Mm -hmm. was opening up scripture and allowing God to direct his prayer. And like you said, the beautiful thing about that is it kind of gets us outside of ourselves and it gets us into something deeper that he is saying, hey, here's some kingdom things that we can be praying for Mm -hmm. that, like you said, we otherwise wouldn't have really thought about Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Or maybe don't want to, right? Maybe we don't want to pray
0: for our leaders because we live in such a divided world. yeah um, here, if we are to read line one, endow the king with your justice, O God.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, and we don't live in a world of, you know, a time of kings and princess, princesses, but we do live in a world and there always has been where, you have people in positions of power, mm-hmm. uh, in positions of authority to make decisions, um, to guide and lead nations, their people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's what this prayer is, is instead of saying, hey, we're going to be angry at those in power uh, because they're not leading the way we think we should. And although they you know, very well could be truth to that, uh, this is calling us to really pray for those people and to, you know, have a have a high standard for the people we put in, uh, in terms of wanting them to be representative of the king that God is calling them to be. Um, so yeah, that a lot of this psalm kind of outlines just qualities of a godly king that we can ask for those p- people in positions of power, authority, both you know globally, nationally, but even just locally, um, even just like is cutting as close to home as our boss, Mm -hmm. you know, that, and ourselves, like reflecting ourselves, if we're in positions of authority Mm -hmm. in any role, even if you're just a mom and a dad in a household, Mm -hmm. you're the, you know, people of authority in your household. These would be amazing prayers to pray for yourself, that you would lead your household in such a way uh, that you would be the, the godly leader who God would want you to be.
0: You you do use this phrase "godly qualities," that, yes, and you, they're called out in the psalm. What are some of those godly qualities?
1: Let's look at them. Uh, so, verse one through four. Uh, I'll just read them again, if that's mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. So, endowed, In my writing was a little bit different than yours. We're sure. both reading from NIV. It yep. might be just slightly different. It Says, "Endow the king with your justice, O God. The royal son with your righteousness." May he judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. So that's verse 1 and 2. Let's pause there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you said, we see a couple words multiple times. We see um, justice. We Mm -hmm. see righteousness. And so even these two verses could be prayers uh, that the people in authority, you know, who are praying for, and we can list them in our head, you know, Uh, This could be president, this could be governors, this could be um, people, you know, uh, in our, you know, teachers at our school, this could be, you know, whoever we want to pray for, in all people of authority, pray that justice would happen at all times, uh, and that the righteousness of God would stand in all of that. And so when you're praying for justice, you're praying that what is righteous would stand and would stay, and would be uplifted. And anything that is apart from that would diminish and would fall away. So, Lord, as we look at these verses, uh, we see that your justice is to be played out. I pray, Lord, for all of those in authority, uh, that your justice would be played out in the authority. If there's righteousness, Lord, in their leadership, I pray that you would uplift that. If there's wickedness, I pray, Lord, that you would... uh, remove that from the situation. Even when I lead, Lord, I pray that any righteousness, you know, in my life that you have instituted would last. Anything I say that's true would last. Anything that I don't say that is true or anything I say is false or any wickedness in my life, Lord, I pray that you would remove that. Hmm. So that's one area.
0: It's interesting, too, to think about um, this idea of justice. It, It doesn't say, endow the king with justice, it says endow the king with your justice. There's mm-hmm. a difference between the justice of the world and the justice of God. Mm-hmm. And that's the ideal that we reach for and hope that our leadership would do the same thing, right? That's so a- there's a there's a longing in that.
1: And that's a very high calling. It is. You know, that's to say, you know, even like, I think of uh, scripture, James chapter 3, verse 1, you know, he says, not many should be teachers, You know, they will be judged more strictly because if you're teaching the Word of God, you have to be very careful. We can't just say whatever we want. We have to represent God accurately. And in the same way, not everybody should be in a position of leadership Hmm. in the sense of, you know, not everybody should be, you know, and we can start naming off all these spots, Um because it's a high calling and you have influence and authority over the lives of other people. And so we have to be very careful to lead in such a way that we're not just doing it for our own power, our own glory, but that we're doing it for the glory, the power, the reign of God. I love what you said, like it's his justice. Like that's what we're doing is is ultimately with all of this, the authority is never ours. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just, you know, he. It's almost like the Lord is giving us this position, this group of people to manage for His sake, and we get to manage it with Him. Because I think of those words of Jesus to Pontius Pilate when Pilate said, "You know, I have the, don't you know, I have the authority to save your life or to end it." And Jesus said, "You have no authority over me. Like the authority you have has been given to you from above." Um, what a awesome reminder that even though we have all these people in charge. Uh, ultimately the lord is the one who's in charge
0: yeah and and so who does who does a godly leader care for who does a godly leader care about this psalm leads us to some pretty good conclusions about that
1: yeah well we kind of talked about some of those too I mean um you get to verse yeah three you know may the mountains bring prosperity to the people so you know a lot of People, big picture, the hills, uh, the fruit of righteousness. And then verse 4, uh, May mind you, it said, he will defend. You know, he will defend the afflicted among the righteous. Mine says, may he defend. Mm-hmm. So, it's again, it's like the statement of he will and then also the prayer that he would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mine says, may he defend the afflicted among the people and, and save the children of the needy. May he crush the oppressor. So, you know, the righteousness of God played out, the justice of God played out, Um, defending afflicted people, uh, saving children, the needy, uh, walking alongside of those who are in great need, uh, crushing the oppressor. I mean, we're going to talk about that line in just a little bit, too, because there's a whole lot there uh, that is more than just circumstantial. Mm -hmm. But crushing the oppressor, you know, in a position of authority is putting an end to wickedness. Uh, putting an end to evil um, so that righteousness would stand. Um, And uh, continuing, you know, just uh, the rest of the prayer is, you know, may he endure as long as the sun. You're asking would this person in power, would you allow the people in authority uh, to last, that you would place them there, that they would last, as long as the moon through all generations. May they be like a a rain falling on the mowing field, like showers watering the earth. In his days, may the righteous flourish and the prosperity abound, till the moon is no more. Uh, may he rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on. You're you're asking that what the leader, this particular leader, you know, whoever it is, we're praying for right now. May he adhere to all of these qualities and, and do these things uh, that um that God is instituting that he would do
0: yeah so this is kind of seated within a this is a culture that was used to having kings we're not so used to having kings we have different kinds of leaders Um, for a long time israel was ruled by judges Mm -hmm. and and eventually if you were to go back to first samuel the eighth chapter israel asked god for a king they asked through the prophet samuel and, you know, basically, if I were to sum that story up very quickly, it goes something like this. The people ask for a king. Samuel says, that's not that great of an idea. And then God says, you know, this is what kings are like. They, they'll put your sons into military service. They'll take your land. They'll mm-hmm. have your daughters cooking for them. That They'll take from you. They'll take your, your flock. They'll take your, mm-hmm. uh, you'll become slaves to them. So basically God says, you know, look around at the kings around you. It's not that great of a scenario for you folks. But Israel says, no, we want to be like everybody else. We want to have a king. And so God says, all right, listen to them, give mm-hmm. them a king. What follows is a history of lots of kings in Israel. Yep. Good, bad, um, you know, the whole gamut of, of some kings that, that elevate to, you know, pretty godly, but they never quite reach uh, the standard that Israel probably hoped for. Mm-hmm. And so this psalm is seated in the midst of, of that kind of uh, culture where, where they're, they're used to having kings, they want to have a king, and they want to have a good king. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that, that they want that good king to have. They want that king to be just and righteous. They want that king to, they have this longing for that king to look out for the poor and the needy because most of the power around them trampled the mm-hmm. poor and the needy. And they were not just, they were not righteous in a godly sense. The people are longing for prosperity. Uh, we see that in the, in the Psalm here. And when I say prosperity, I don't mean that everybody um, has a super nice chariot that they drive around. What they mean is that people would have enough, that there would be food mm-hmm. and that there would, that they would be heard. And, um, and they want that prosperity and that justice for all people. And I think that's where the names of these places that we don't quite... I couldn't put them on a map if I were to point, but they're faraway places, Mm -hmm. right? We see, you know, if you were to look at verse 8, they want this ruler to rule to the ends of the earth. So this isn't just a ruler for Israel. This is a ruler for all of the nations this is a hope and a longing for all of the world and for all of time. Right? We see that as long as the sun, as long as the moon, all the generations. So they want a just right king who looks after the poor and the needy, who who gives abundance to people, and who that abundance is for everyone and for all time. Does
1: Israel ever get a king like that, Ben? Love the question. And I love the way that you set it up because that's really, I mean, this is where we really get to the heart of it right here. Uh, so if you're listening, buckle in. Here we go. Uh, man, just think about this. So we have, like you said, there's some kings who are righteous, some kings who are godly, who uh, lead in such a way that, yeah, their people are prospering. They're like, uh, this is not prosperity gospel theology. This is just saying This God blesses righteous leading, Mm -hmm. Um, very much so. And so that's what's happening. And then that king would die. And then someone else would come in and completely destroy everything that they had worked on. They would start worshiping all these idols and and all these things. And it's this continual circle. We want a king. We want a king. Okay, here you go. You know, it's almost like that. Be careful what you wish for. Right. Uh, And they would get it every single time. And it finally just got to a point where it's like, this is not working every king that we're putting in place, you know, that we want this, this, this is our prayer, that this would be put in place, everyone who we're seeing is, you know, they might be, you know, strong and mighty on the outside, but everything begins to crumble on the outside. And I think we see that here today, you know, in the sense of, you know, sometimes we're not always happy with, you know, the kings, the rulers that, that we always have. Sometimes, you know, we are, oftentimes we're not. We're in a very politically de- divisive uh, world uh, and I think this just emphasizes the point that those in positions of authority are not the ultimate authority. That those in positions of authority will always fall short. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. who we see, who we you know place in in this position of power, uh, no matter who you are, everybody is going to fall short. There is not one who has ever lasted, except for Jesus. So the question I asked was, did Israel ever get a king like this?
0: And the answer is first, no, and second, yes. Yes. First, no, meaning the line of David came what seemed like to an end. Uh, The prophet Isaiah talks about it being a stump. And the people are exiled from their country and their home and their place of worship. And it seems like they are lost. So that's when the answer is, no, he didn't get that king. Mm-hmm. But then we find out that God does have an answer to that. And God brings the type of king, not only that the people were longing for and needed in the ways that they could express, but also in ways that they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Jesus is all of the things that this psalm is longing for. Just cares for the poor, the needy, the afflicted. Wants the prosperity of all. Wants everyone to live a life of hope and meaning and goodness. And, mm-hmm. um, and he is for all people. And he is for all time. Every nation rises and falls. Yep. The word of God Endures forever forever and so yes they do get that king Mm -hmm. what we see here in this psalm is is the hope and longing for that king Mm -hmm. and I think we all have I think we all share in that so this is this is a prayer for the people of Israel hundreds of years ago it's a prayer for us and a reminder I think that you know this works on multiple levels this is a way that we can pray for the, the leaders that we have in our world, mm-hmm. that they would be like this. But it's also a realization that we will never, ever, ever have a leader like this. There is only one king yeah, who is like this. That's right. And it's also, I think, a good reminder of how we should live our lives. You said this. In, in our own places of power and authority that we hold in our lives, whether that be in our families or in our work, we should be the kind of king that Jesus calls us to be, the king who looks out for the brokenhearted and the oppressed and the king who who has the justice of God. We should try to align ourselves. And and in doing that, we also reject the kind of kingship that the world tends to celebrate, which mm-hmm. is power for power's sake,
1: um, trampling over other people. Right. Yeah. And, and one thing I just want to add, uh, cause that's all, it, this is all just building a big picture. Uh, it really takes the sense of control out of things because oftentimes we want to control the outcome. We, you know, all these things. And, and that's the beautiful part of a Psalm is a Psalm is not meant to control it, but it's meant to ask for it. Mm. Um, we're we're praying that God would do this, that he would allow this to stand. We still live in a broken world, and so, you know, that has its realities. One of the things I really think is a beautiful reminder is when we read a passage like this, we can quickly look back at um, all of, you know, the events of human history, and then we start to ask, you know, why did this happen? You know, why did— all these kings? Why did God allow all these kings to come and, and then they fell short and then he, he allowed this to go on for so long? Um, long story short, we, we may not know that answer, but what we can glean from that is to look back and say, for whatever reason, this did happen, but look at what it did. It made it so that there was, like you said, this longing for for something greater, a greater king, a greater priest uh, to come who would not be like all the others um, don't know why all of the events happened that, like they did but if God had just given them Jesus right away um, well would they have appreciated it well even when he did give them Jesus the people didn't always appreciate it uh, they, that's why they put him on a cross um, but I mean at that point you, you even just look back and you go okay if you always get what you want immediately there's not that a sense of like oh my goodness you know um, that's why when Jesus did come, it wasn't just this, oh man, Jesus came. Um, you know, that, that's really, you know, awesome. Very cool. They had been waiting for his coming for hundreds, if not even over a thousand years. Uh, you know, that they had heard that there was this greater King, this greater uh, Messiah, God's only son, who's going to be coming. Oh my goodness. When is he coming? Who is he going to be? He's going to be the one we've been longing for. Um, And that's the sense of longing. And that's what we should each have. You know, that's why we continue to celebrate Christmas. That's why we gather continually. Because every single human being, if they don't have that longing, that's our mission, that we would encourage them to know that love of Christ, to have that longing. Once you see who Jesus is, you recognize he is not like all the others. You know, we, we have this image of a father in our life, that image might be broken. It might be wonderful. Jesus is, you know, as I heard Pastor Stephen put it, he's not a reflection of our earthly father. He's the perfection of our earthly father, uh, meaning that he is this perfect representation. We've seen kings. We've seen, you know, people in positions of authority. Jesus is not a reflection of what already has been. He's the perfection of all of those and, uh, you know, we, we were just, I was just singing that song in my car earlier. You know, uh, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, uh, um, I've never been more glad because I put my faith in Jesus. You know, he is that solid rock. He is the foundation, uh, and he is everything that the human soul has ever longed for um, in a person, Wow! Wow, that's right. It's just yeah. You cannot over-talk Jesus. No, you can over-talk me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I'm I'm never gonna. I am always gonna fall short. He never has. And so
0: we close with a
1: fancy word, doxology,
0: which mm-hmm. means praise. Which is the way that that this the whole all of the Psalms end in Psalm 150, but also this particular Psalm ends the book. Two of psalms these words praise be to the lord god the god of israel who alone does marvelous deeds praise be to his glorious name forever may the whole earth be filled with his glory and i love this repetition amen and And amen amen. Mm -hmm. and we close the psalms for the summer
1: can i add one more thing really quick and we open the Psalms for the summer. <laughs> One more thing. I just wanted to say this before, because I said we would come back to it. Yeah. It'll be brief. Verse 4. Uh, may yes. He, may he f- crush the oppressor. Jesus did. He crushed the oppressor when he went on that cross, and he defeated the power of sin, death, hell, the devil, and the grave forever. He crushed the head of the serpent, that Jesus, uh, that Satan no longer would have any rule over our lives. Uh, sin and death would no longer have any rule in our lives, but for those who would repent of their sins and place their hope, their faith in Jesus Christ, he would save them from all oppression, all sin, all brokenness, and lead them to everlasting life. That's what I wanted to share. I'm like, I, I don't think we can miss that because uh, that's really where he is in this passage, uh, and he should be praised for that. Amen and amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Folks, uh, thanks for being with us during this summer of Psalms. Keep coming back each week as we continue to unravel the story of Scripture, to immerse ourselves in the story of God's salvation and redemption. We will be back again next week. Don't forget to share on social media, to like, to to follow along, to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to the Deeply Rooted podcast so that will get delivered to you every time we post a new one. And in the meantime, stay deeply rooted.